The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk to one of the world's most popular marketing podcasters. Joining us is John Jantz, who is the president of Duct Tape Marketing Consulting, which is a marketing consulting, publishing, and training firm. John is also one of the hosts of my favorite marketing podcast, the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. And he's also the author of The Referral Engine, Duct Tape Selling, The Commitment Engine, SEO for Growth, The Self-Reliant Entrepreneur, and his newest book, The Ultimate Marketing Engine, which we're going to talk about a lot today. All right, on with my conversation with the president of Duct Tape Marketing, John Jantz. John, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. So thrilled to be here. I've built my entire week around this. <laughs> oh, John, it's always an honor and a privilege to have you on our show, and I'm excited to catch up. I feel like very rarely do I get to talk to what I consider to be marketing podcast royalty here. <laughs> I'm just doing it a long time, that's all. Well, hey, you're doing it a long time. You've been very successful, and we're obviously excited to have you on our show. So you wrote another book. It seems like every time we talk, you've got a new book. I don't know how you do all of this work, but you wrote The Ultimate Marketing Engine. Tell me a little bit about what the book's about. So the subtitle maybe gives a little more of a hint. Five Steps to Ridiculously Consistent Growth. You know, I've had my own marketing firm for 30 years. I've practiced marketing on small businesses for that period of time. I've written, as you said, a couple books that were straight on marketing books. But really, it's been about 10 years since I've actually written a strict marketing kind of strategy book. So I wanted to write something that was effectively an evolution of my thinking, at least, or what I've continued to practice and learn by practicing. And I signed a contract actually for this book, March 15th of 2020. Think back a little bit, listeners, to what you were doing on March 15th, 2020. You were probably freaking out like the rest of the world. March 15th, 2020, we would have had a 25-day-old baby. Yeah. We would have had a three-year-old with no school running around with no pants on asking why the <laughs> parks were closed. Does it sound familiar to anybody else? Yeah. Uh, the NBA playoffs just got canceled. You know, Tom Hanks and his wife just said that they had, uh, at any rate, we all know what we were doing. So here I was supposed to write a book and I don't know about you, but I mean, it was, it was actually tough for me to get my thinking around writing a book. I certainly didn't want to write how to market in a time of you know pandemic. Nobody wants that book. But what I did end up seeing was 
I had customers or clients that were by no fault of their own, wrong business, wrong industry. You know, they kind of got dinged pretty immediately. But I also had businesses that not only survived, but in some ways thrived because of how they had really carried their business over the years. And this has always been fundamentally true, but I think the pandemic shown for me at least a very bright light on the fact that a lot of businesses grow because they're in the right place, the right time, strong economy. But businesses that thrive in tough times are ones that are meaningful in the lives of their customers in some fashion. And I saw a lot of businesses that where they actually had customers reaching out saying, look, we want you to be around. You know, what can we do to remain a customer? What can we do to support you right now? So while I didn't write the pandemic marketing book, it certainly informed my thinking of this book. You know, one of the core concepts of this book is the idea to start viewing our customers not as a transaction or whatever it is we promise to deliver, but how can we look at the transformation that we can make in their lives or in their business? And that's a process that goes very deeply into not just marketing, but your overall strategy of, of customer acquisition and customer service. You know, one of my favorite sales podcasters, Liston Witherill, he does the modern sales podcast and Liston's mantra, I'm sure there are lots of other people in sales that have this mantra, is serve, don't sell. Right. And the idea is that if you're thinking about how you can support, how you can build value for your customers, then you don't have to constantly be pushy and selling and doing all the things that people get irritated with the sales process. And the same thing goes with marketing. When you have your customers' best interests, when you understand who your customers are, first and foremost, you could start thinking about ways to add value. And then the business side generally just flows from there. You mentioned that the tagline for the book is there are five secrets or five ways to drive consistent growth. I don't want to ruin all the secrets, but can you tell me about some of the ways that you drive consistent growth? So the very first one starts really with an approach you started to allude to, this idea of serve. I mean, I think everybody can fundamentally agree with that. I don't think anybody argues that that's not a good approach, but sometimes it's hard to tangibly get that as part of your intentional process. And so the very first step is to create something that, or at least I'm going to introduce to the world, what I think is an innovation to marketing called the customer success track. And I don't know that I ultimately did this intentionally, but over the years of working with my small business clients, I realized that many of them came to us in a certain stage. They had certain challenges, they had certain characteristics, they had certain needs. And if we could accomplish the challenges, if we could accomplish the milestones, we could move them to the next stage and then the next stage and then the next stage. And so we ultimately designed just that, a customer success track, which has five stages for us that we can easily identify based on their marketing needs, where they are in a stage. And then ultimately, and here's the real payoff, design an entire list of milestones and associated tasks that will move them to that next stage. So ultimately, our best customers were always the ones that we grew with, were always the ones that matured, so to speak. So they came in for X, and then we grew them to YZ and whatever other places. And when I finally started to realize that that was a path, that that was a journey, that we started building our entire business around doing that. Now, the real key or step number two is that we can't serve everybody doing that. We can't make everybody successful. <laughs> we can't move everybody through those stages. And so step number two is I'm going to ask people to narrow their focus to their top 20% of their clients. I think we waste an inordinate amount of time trying to serve clients that aren't a good fit that we can't really serve, we can't offer value to. 
But I would also suggest that 20% of our clients want to do 10 times more business with us. And some percentage of those folks want to do 100 times more business if we could actually figure out what that was or what that looked like. And so if we focus the significant portion of our attention and of our business building and of our innovation on serving those folks and developing a customer success track for those folks, that's where your ridiculously consistent growth is going to come from. So those are the first couple steps. The rest come down to mechanics of, you know, discovering the story that they're telling themselves, uh, certainly growing with their entire ecosystem. And then step number five is essentially a masterclass in ways to think about referrals as opposed to just having them happen accidentally. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. A lot of what I'm hearing is you're thinking about building the flywheel. And I go back into my days running an independent consulting business where I didn't really know what marketing services I was selling. It was just be dependent on what the brand's needs were. And so there's this process of understanding who the company is, who their customers are, sort of the marketing foundation, figuring out what the challenges that they have are, creating solutions. And once you've sort of embedded yourself and helped them define who they are, what the problems they're trying to solve are, then as a consultant, I was able to pick off individual projects that I knew would provide immediate return and then hopefully, you know, build in longer relationships. And when you start doing that, hopefully you build a close relationship with the team, good operating rhythm, and then you get referrals out of it. Yeah. And you you really hit on something I want to highlight there. A lot of times people just think, well, here's what we sell. Anybody who needs that can come and get it. But one of the things you need to start recognizing when I help people narrow, one of the questions I ask them is, who can you provide the most value to the quickest? Because that is really one of the keys to long-term growth within a client is that you can't help everyone. You can't provide value to everyone. And I think when you start choosing your clients based on your ability to deliver value to them, you're going to have a lot better relationship. Yeah, I feel like there's a little bit of a debate to have here 
where the idea of focus on less customers, the ones that are willing to pay you more, that are going to return, and that's a great way to build a lot of custom services. And I think that the opposite model is come up with one product or service that you can do consistently well for a lot of people and create a system around that. I had John Warlow, who is the author of The Automatic Customer and Built to Sell. And essentially, you know, his books and a lot of his philosophy is around standardization instead of customization. How do you feel about sort of the duality of those two things? I don't think we have any debate here, Ben. I'm sorry. (laughs) I agree 100% on that. What I'm suggesting is layering it. Build the system for foundation, then build the system for level up, then build the system for growth, then build the system for scale. So what I'm suggesting is just that, but then be able to move up market or whatever it is for your particular business by building more systems to serve that same client. Because a lot of who we can really deliver a lot of value to, some of it has to do with who they are, what their situation is, how they buy, how they like to be served. So if you can figure out who they are and attract them, I'm suggesting not custom, I'm just suggesting you can grow with them. You can actually grow with their entire ecosystem. You know, one of the components of this book is once you get a client down a certain level of stages, one of the steps is to actually start looking at everybody else that serves them and start understanding how you can serve those people to better serve them. So it really is a combination of system and exactly what John talked about, but with layers of it, rather than just saying, here's the one thing we do, let's attract lots of people. I'm saying, let's get really good at serving a certain ideal client, and then let's intentionally create more for them. Give me an example. You mentioned that you're working with a client, and then you start embedding yourself sort of in their entire ecosystem. Where have you seen that be successful? What we've done for years is, I'll give you a perfect example. We had a client that was, uh, you know, I guess we call an influencer today, an author, speaker, kind of had a nice platform, but didn't really have a consistent brand. It was kind of like companies hired her, they paid her a lot of money, she had a couple books, but there was there was no spinoffs and products and things from it. So they hired us really to help them kind of build a cohesive brand. So we built and mapped out a marketing strategy for them. The particular author also had a business coach We went to that business coach and said, look, here is their brand strategy. Here's what we're suggesting they do. Here's why. I mean, we literally spent time just educating that person on the work we had done, not trying to sell them anything, just making sure that they understood what we were doing with, you know, our mutual client. That allowed her coach to actually support not only what we were doing, but support who she was going to hire. That's what they were working on was, you know, building out a team for her. Well, now all of a sudden we made their work more cohesive with what we were doing. And in the end, what they ultimately did was bring us three or four more clients that they were working with because that was such a unique approach to spend the time and effort to educate them so they could serve our mutual client better. And that's an approach that we have replicated time and time again. And it does turn into a referral engine. And, you know, I think that this works outside of just SMBs and professional services businesses. You know, I think that that's an important aspect to think about when you're working with enterprise. 
HubSpot is an example of a type of enterprise level company that when you build a relationship with them, it's extendable because you can be a HubSpot partner. You can be in their app ecosystem. In our case, announcing that we're a member of the HubSpot podcast network, you know, they're working with content creators. There's always ways to embed yourself in large organizations and then either extend in different places or leverage that to build other relationships. You mentioned that the fifth part of the ultimate marketing engine was building those referrals, the sort of virality for your business, not to ask you to tell us how the story ends. I don't want to ruin all the secrets, but John, give me some tips on how to actually take your customers, make them happy and help them help you find others. So obviously that's the first part. I mean, the only way you're going to get referrals is to be referable. So you have to be providing, you know, a service that people are happy with. But I go very deeply into not only what you should be doing with your existing customers to continually remind them and continually giving them reasons to refer you. But I also talk about this idea of a strategic partner network. So your example with HubSpot, While there are lots of opportunities to go deeper and to maybe sell into more areas with them or with that relationship, if you take the point of view of you can actually serve your clients better by developing those relationships, by being able to bring things to them, I mean, that that's the whole point of developing strategic partners and strategic relationships is that it allows you to serve your clients better. So I talk about a whole process for developing a strategic partner platform. I also talk about and give you an entire sort of course, if you will, in the book on how to actually teach referrals. I think one of the secret weapons, if you want to get more referrals, take all of your clients and put them in a club and they're going to meet once a month and teach them how to get more referrals, regardless of what your business does, because that's what everybody wants. And I give you an actual curriculum for how to run a club like that. So a lot of people just think of referrals. and They think, oh, ask your customers for referrals. Well, no, do something for them that makes you more referable. Build a strategic partner network that allows you to have folks and give folks opportunities so that they want to refer business to you so that you can serve them in a way that they want to help you build your business. I think that's the missing point of view about referrals for a lot of people is they think it's just about asking for referrals from your clients. And I think that it's really more of a mindset than anything else. I think that you make it sound so easy driving these referrals and your customers are in a network to create business for you. It's something that a lot of us struggle with getting to the end there. I think that having some guidance and having that course that you mentioned seems really valuable to me. Well, John, tell us a little bit about where we can find the book other than on the shelf behind you while we're recording. Where are the other copies? So the book launches September 21st of 2021, depending upon when you listen to this. If it's in advance of that date, I've also got a pre-order bonus for you. We have created a six-lesson companion course. So prior to getting the book, you can dig into some videos of me teaching some of the meteor lessons. And I've even developed some resources, some checklists and forms and tools that you can use to try to advance some of the ideas from the book. So if you go to theultimatemarketingengine.com, you'll see Get the Companion Course, and it'll tell you exactly how to pre-order the book and get access to the Companion Course immediately. Obviously, after the book comes out and when you get it in your little hands, you're also going to find lots of links in there linking to a whole suite of resources that I've built really around every step in the book. TheUltimateMarketingEngine.com seems like a great domain for the book, The Ultimate Marketing Engine. John, always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I'd love to continue the conversation tomorrow, talk a little bit about weaving things like podcasts and books and some of the other parts of your business together. Can you stick around for one more day, one more episode? You betcha.
All right. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with John Jantz, president of Duct Tape Marketing. Join us again tomorrow when John and I continue the conversation talking about marketing with duct tape and podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about John, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is ducttape, D-U-C-T-T-A-P-E. Or you could visit his company's website, which is ducttapemarketing.com. You can also go to theultimatemarketingengine.com to pre-order John's book, The Ultimate Marketing Engine. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our once a week newsletter and you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.